I was the kid who had all these odd jobs, like, like recycling. That yeah. was my thing. I used to do bike stunts. Do not ask me if I could do really good bike stunts, but I would charge for my shows. Bike stunts. Podcast Junkies, episode 143. Welcome back. This is the Podcaster's Voice. I'm your host, Harry Duran. This is the show, in case you're new, where we search out interesting voices in podcasting. And we're going to kick back their heels, sit back, relax, and let their minds flow. I wonder if anyone knows that hip-hop reference. If you missed last week's show, we had a great conversation with Natalie Ekdahl, host of the Biz Chicks podcast. We talked about all the time it took to get her on the show and why she waited until the right time, which I think in the end worked out well for everyone involved because we had a fantastic conversation. She's an incredibly, incredibly smart woman and uh, is a really good business coach, and that's uh, a testament to the success of her show and why everyone that listens really gets value from it. So I'm, I'm really happy she finally made it on. This week, we have the pleasure of speaking with Elle Martinez. She's the host of Couple Money Podcast, and Elle is another uh, friend that I've run into at conferences, at Podcast Movement, and we had the pleasure of sitting next to each other at uh, Jonathan Oaks Trivial Warfare Patreon talk at podcast movement and said and then so that was a sign and, and we knew it was, we were going to make it happen sooner rather than later so this is a great conversation we talk about the impetus for her starting her blog a couple money we talk a little bit about cash flowing she actually defines that and how she learned to edit her podcast we talked about a really profound episode on her show where she learned a lot about the importance of uh, empathy and uh, some other fun stuff, including a skill that I did not know she had, and also what her family thinks about her being a podcaster. So all in all, as usual, a really fun conversation with someone that I've just known from afar, and now I get to have a fantastic hour-long conversation with them. This episode is brought to you by Podbean. Head on over to podbean.com slash junkies. Did you know that in addition to all the services that Podbean offers, they also have a private podcasting solution? It's a turnkey solution for delivering protected audio and video content for organizations, employee communications, training, and more. And as I start to work with more corporate clients, I see that this is something that could be a need for them. And the beauty of this solution by Podbean is that they'll securely deliver your content and you can share that with members or employees. It's uh, enterprise reliable, so they, they work with Amazon Web Services, and they've got a really simple workflow for getting content that you need protected behind a, a, a paywall. Uh, sorry, not a paywall, but an enterprise a firewall. So if you are with a company or you know of a company that might need that, then definitely. I don't know of a lot of, of other uh, podcast hosting solutions that really cater towards businesses as well. I mean, per Podbean currently hosts 120,000 individual podcasts in addition to a thousand business podcasts as well. So that's another feature that I know not a lot, not a lot of people are aware of. So head on over to podbean.com slash podcast junkies, and then scroll towards the bottom. You'll see that in the advanced podcast section. Make sure you stay till the end of the episode where we have a retention hashtag. If you're new to the show, that's the way I find out who's paying attention. I love to see these uh, get more and more popular on Twitter. It's a hashtag that I come up with specifically for this show, and it's only going to be at the end of the episode, and it's my way of seeing who's listening all the way towards the end. So for now, enjoy my conversation with Elle. 
El Martinez, host of Couple Money Podcast, co-host of Couple Money Podcast. Is that right? Oh, host. 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 It's host. Okay. Yes. Uh, welcome to Podcast Junkies. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. It seems like uh, we, I mentioned it or we ran into each other in 2015, was it? Or 16. It's one of those things where you keep, you know, there's faces you see and then you see them and then and then the next year you say hi and then the next year you're like, you know, you, you say more than hi and then and then we sat, <laughs> and, and then we sat next to each other at at uh, Jonathan, uh, I, Jonathan's yeah. thing, yeah, the the Patreon thing. That was a really good session. That was really that he, did, was. he knocked it out of the park. That I, was good. And I think uh, everyone's got their own style when it comes to speaking, and mm-hmm. so you get the, you got the sense that. As much as he probably practiced for that talk, um, and for for my listeners, it, it was a talk about the benefits of using Patreon and how much success Jonathan has had. Uh, Jonathan Oakes, previous guest of host of Trivial Warfare, uh, on using Patreon, and it was really just in his own voice, in his own like relaxing oh. style, and just his presentation was like laid back and and just quirky, and and you know, uh, it was little sarcasm in there. It's just it was just really fun to, fun to, to fun to watch. I, I loved it because, like you said, he had that that quirk and that personality, and at the same time, he has the numbers. Yeah. And I, I'm a numbers person, and I loved how he's like, "This is the reality. You do not think, oh, if I can get like half my listeners to pay a dollar or two dollars." He was real about it, uh, about what percentage and you know what to expect. And I love stuff like that. So I, I thought he did that. He walked that tightrope really well. Have you done speaking, a lot of speaking, or is there anything you picked up from his presentation from, from that perspective? So I've been doing panels, and yeah. I had a panel this year, Podcast Movement, yeah. and uh, I love the energy of that. But next month will be my first solo. Uh, I'm doing a breakout session on the podcasting track for uh, FinCon, which is oh, the main right. space I'm in. Yeah, And I'm talking about personal finance being more personal because I feel like there's not enough story-based you know, narrative based podcasts, because that's kind of how we interact with, with money and finances, you know, um, the numbers scare people sometimes, you know, when you're dealing with debt or you're trying to do something big. And I I feel like there's such a need to include more story. Even if you're just doing with interviews, you can be a great interviewer when you're, you're telling stories and asking and pulling that away from your interviewee. So that's what I'll be uh, discussing at FinCon. So I'm excited and all kinds of just <laughs> nerve knots. And I think I've rewritten my outline 12 times, yeah. but I have to commit to it. I promise the end of this week that what it is is what it is. And then I'll flush it out. Did you do any formal training? Um, no, I think for me, what's helped out is just, I'm enthusiastic about this. Um, and I think that motivated me out of my little introverted self and that fear. (laughs) I mean, I've done stuff like growing up, maybe like, um, college courses, um, in my congregation, public speaking and so forth. But I wouldn't say like I formally see myself as a speaker, but I, I feel like if there's any way I can help someone and like, that's kind of how I got into podcasting. Uh, I was kind of dragged into it by my readers where this might shock you, but they're like, we need this information. I don't have time to read this article. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I kept hearing it for years and I thought, you know what, why don't I do a podcast? And, um, I've been a f- fan for years and I, I think just like a lot of podcasters, 
I didn't like my voice. I mean, I came up with all the excuses. Yeah. I, I, I have no broadcast training. I don't know what I'm doing. What equipment would I get? My voice, I can't stand listening. And then I realized, you know what? If I can help somebody, you know, if I can encourage them, then it's worth it. And uh, I've bitten the bug and it's been over like 210 episodes. That's amazing. So, so enjoying it. So I, I get the sense with a lot of um, financial, like financial help podcasts and blogs that the origin story there sort of came from something personal that happened or an event. And I wonder if it's the same case for you because it seems like the, the podcast came from mm -hmm. the blog. So maybe the, the question is, what was the, imp the impetus to start the blog? The very short story before I get into it is I started Couple Money because I needed it. We needed it. Um, there's a lot of great like personal finance blogs out there that I was reading, but I couldn't find something that addressed that intersection when you're merging lives and money. Um, all those awkward conversations. Do you loan money to in-laws? Mm. Um you know, mine, yours, ours, where do you draw the line? And then dealing like with how do you manage money? Because we met in college, a mutual friend introduced us and we got married, I guess, uh, fairly young. And for us, we shared most of our stuff. But we thought, okay, we're broke college kids. We were dating. And we, I mean, we knew all the cheap eats. I promise you, like every hole in the wall, free festival, yeah. whatever we could do, dollar drinks, we'd go 50 cent tacos. So we thought this was easy, you know, right? We're, we're both broke. That's yeah. what the answer is going to be. Uh, but we heard from fa family and friends. It's like, make sure you're on the same page about money. And we were like, oh, yeah, we'll be responsible. And we got engaged and we said, let's lay out all the numbers which were, what, it's like two accounts maybe, yeah. checking accounts. And uh, it was a wake-up call. So for my fiancé, now husband, he had one small student loan. He was not investing or saving. I mean, he was doing a little bit of saving, but he basically was like a cash-only system mm -hmm. for his finances. And I had the trifecta of debt. I had the credit cards. Yeah. I had the car loan. I had the student loans. Um, thankfully, it was only for the last two years. The first two years, I had gotten a scholarship and took a break. Um, but yeah, we realized we were totally in different uh, places. And it was kind of scary. And I will say, it is an advantage having a podcast because I interviewed him years later. And I was like, well, how did you, how did you really feel? Because he took it pretty well. Yeah. You know, he was, he was like, you know what? Okay, this is going to be our debt. We'll work it out. But he's like, I was scared. <laughs> you couldn't even tell me the total amount. And that was true. Like I had a ballpark figure, but I never really sat down and was yeah. aware of it. So that's very like summarized uh, beginnings that uh, motivated me to start Couple Money and just share our journey. And then eventually became people were chiming in with their stories. And then I was meeting some other fantastic people. And I thought, you know what? Would I Some of the podcasts I like where um, Tim Ferriss mm -hmm. and uh, Planet Money, where they they either interview people who are at the top of their game or they're investigating and they tell a story and share it. And so it's kind of not that level of production. I wish I could do it like Planet Money, yeah. uh, but that that's the, it's the not goal. In the it's not in the budget. It's not in the budget. <laughs> it's not in the budget, but... Because, you know, I got a cash flow. You yeah. can't go into debt doing like, you know, a, a podcast about getting yeah. out of debt and retiring early. Um, yeah. 
So, yeah, it, I just thought, you know what? People interview people who are at the top of their game and get takeaways. Why can't I do that? You know, and why can't I ask them, okay, now that you're out of this and you retired in your 30s or you paid off $109,000 of debt, like what were those first discussions? What were those arguments? Because let's be honest, it was most likely arguments mm-hmm. and fights. And then how did you work through that? Because uh, I, I do want something positive. And my goal, I keep the podcast short, is to have like a takeaway or a conversation idea that when the episode's done, they know what the next step is for them. Do you get if a, that makes yeah, yeah, it totally makes uh, sense. Um, do you get a sense that people move through your show? Like, is there like an arc where you know they they have a problem, they find your show, they you're their beacon of hope and you know they they, they come to listen to you week in week out uh they do what you 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 know say they should do um they have a success story and then you know they they sort of like listen they they stay as listeners and then you have a new wave of people coming in or is it people that stay were with you at the beginning and they're so appreciative of what you've done and they just are fans for life it's been a mix i will say like there are some diehards that have been through the years and they've been fantastic um, and they update me. So I, I do have like social media presence and I mm-hmm. share and I'll have comments there. But a lot of the nature I talk about are those things you don't want to share. Like, Hey, by the way, you know, my wife screwed up or my husband screwed up and we're like <laughs> deep in debt. You don't tweet that. <laughs> um, but I get a lot of emails and they're like, whew, like little books but there's been some that have just basically taken me through their journey. Yeah. And it's always fascinating to watch uh, people pay down the debt and just talk about how much easier their marriage feels because they don't have that pressure on top of them. Um, so I, I always find that fascinating. And then I had a recent reader who discovered the podcast and they went through all 200 and something episodes wow. in the last two months or something like that. It was like a record. I've, I don't even think I could listen to that many podcast episodes. Isn't that, isn't that a thing? Just as a, a quick aside, like yeah. I, I have that occasionally, like someone's like they find your show and they, for some reason resonate and they want to go back. And there's maybe just, there's this, there's some people that are like completists. Like they want to hear the whole story yeah. and I've done it occasionally. I don't, I don't do it as much as I used to, but every once in a while I'll do it myself. Like, and if it's, but maybe if it's 20 or 30 episodes, I don't know about 200, but it's, it's a, it's an interesting yeah. feeling as a, as a podcaster to f- and like a, almost like a sense of responsibility. And you're like, man, I hope they're getting value out of those early. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. I was kind of like, wow, that's awesome. And the next thought I was like, oh, no, because you remember those first yeah. episodes. Um, and to be honest, like I started it. Oh, my goodness. I want to say I think one of my girls was like three, two or three. Yeah. Um, and I would do it during her nap time. Okay. Like the interviews, everything, narration and stuff like that. And it was this soft whisper. And people were like, oh, I love your calm voice. It wasn't because I was trying to be calm or soothing. It was, yeah. I don't want to wake up the toddler in the next room. That's, that's um, and then I learned a lot about editing because I needed to. Really great interview. I can I can recall this like it was yesterday. Um, this this mom was cash flowing her daughters. Like these parents were cash flowing their daughter's college, which can be pricey. And they were sharing all these tips. And so, um, so for the benefit of I, the yeah. listener, can you describe yeah. what cash flowing is? What well, can you des- describe? So, can you describe cash flowing? Oh, cash flow. So <laughs> basically, I don't want to go into debt with you know this business. This podcast has uh, taken off the the site as well. So 
what I do is I save up. I mean, I pra- I try to practice what I preach, you know, and I make sure that the cash is there to buy it. So, you know, getting the equipment and so forth, because um, the idea is to avoid debt. You know, I might do a short term and then at the end of the month pay it off. Okay. But uh, yeah, cash flowing it as much as possible because, okay. you know. It's so easy to get into the gadgets. And I always am tempted when I see, look, I see your rig right now and I'm like jealous. <laughs> this is uh, this is courtesy of uh, sponsors. Uh, sure sponsored nice. me for three months. And since I'm a podcaster talking to podcasts, I was able to convince them. <laughs> oh, yeah. nice. I love that. Yeah. 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 So I, I, I just like learn on the spot. Yeah. And I, the, the podcast community has been incredibly supportive you know, there are no dumb questions. I've asked questions and found out things and just, you know, recording episodes, kid pops up in the middle of an interview. I don't know how she took down the baby gate and, you know, she's whispering, I want milk, you know, in the middle of an inter- I'm freaking out because back then I couldn't separate my tracks. I didn't know what to do. You know, all those little things. Yeah. <laughs> so I, 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 I interrupted you, but you were talking about a listener that was cash flowing and you were about to tell that story. Oh yeah, yeah, and so she was just like with the, with the cash flow in and in, in college, and those are like incredibly good stories. And you're trying to focus and everything, and then like my little one came in in the middle of that interview. Mm. So then I had to. That's how I learned how to include music and and take yeah. out noise in the background. But yeah, I I feel like I've learned so much, you know, from podcasting, not just the technical part, but just talking with people. Uh, picking up things it's it's been awesome what did what did you have in mind when you went to podcast movement this year because it is an investment for all of us right every year it's yeah. i mean it's I, I was lucky it was in my backyard i'm in los angeles this year but next nice. year, next year i gotta go across the country you know i gotta it's probably a bit closer to you uh philadelphia yes. <laughs> but yeah it's an investment the hotel the tickets the the evening events i mean the everything it all starts to add up and i think we all have to look at it, you know, for those of us that are continuing to grow our brands. So I'm wondering, did you think about, you know, given given the, what your show is about, do you think about return, yeah. return on investment, right? Like, do you think about this is what I want to get out of podcast movement before you went? Yeah. And I would say this year, it felt different than last year. Like last year, I was, oh, you know, my first podcast movement. I'm, I think the Radiotopia people were, they're breaking down their shows and I love a lot of their shows. And I was like, oh, Salad Salt's fat. <laughs> but um, like for last year, my focus was about the content being a little more polished with the show. So that was the return I was looking for. Yeah. And I got that in, in spades. And then this year was more about building the platform, getting income streams because you know, you have sponsorships, mm-hmm. uh, but this year I've been exploring uh, creating my own products, Okay, you know, to serve listeners. And then I, I just wanted to hear from others who have done it, who's further along in the journey. And then I was exploring Patreon. So that's why I was in that session. Oh, yeah. um, but the challenge for me is people usually discover me when something's not going well with finances. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so while you're in debt, yeah. yeah. debt, can you contribute to my podcast, please? <laughs> So I wanted to see, like, how do other people do this yeah. in this space? Um, what can I take that can apply, you know, to me? And uh, I I feel, like, really good. If, if Maybe I was just more comfortable with everyone in the community. I was a new person. 
Um, but I made a lot of connections and friends last year, and it was great to see them again. Yeah. So, yes, I am looking at the ROI, and at the end of this month, you know, you, first of all, you need two weeks to decompress. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there, I don't know about you, but there's always like so much you learn. Yes. <laughs> all my <laughs> cards. Um, also, for the listener, I'm, yes. sh- I'm showing out all the cards <laughs> I've collected. I'm, I'm, I've got them all scanned Is in. Is that two decks? That's like two, three decks? It's <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a lot. Podcast. And then I just went to MapCon. So then I have my smaller pile of oh, MapCon in yeah. Philadelphia. So, but I, I'm, I'm really concerted effort. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not, the, I used to be like, wait and then three months would go by and i'm like what did i say to this person you really have mm-hmm. to do it soon after because it's like out of sight out of mind and you try to make notes on it and obviously I, I think the idea of having a face on your business card is starting to seem like a better and better idea because mm-hmm. you know you you remember the conversation you're like oh what's that person look like and so that might be good what i might do next year just make sure my face is on there that's a good idea i'm gonna write that based <laughs> on card yeah so this year my cards were the um $20 bill like yeah. it w- looked like money yeah. trying to get you know people to look at it because you know when you have so many cards and you're passing it around I want people to get excited but then yeah. I was telling my roommate Michelle I was like maybe they're disappointed you know like after a party had a couple drinks they think this is a 20 oh no it's, <laughs> it's someone's business card what a rip yeah, off yeah. <laughs> it's memorable though yeah yeah and you know you try to make that connection um, because we do work in audio a lot. Sometimes we don't have the face to face, whether it's you know, video or in person. Um, so anything that can help out, but I, I, so far it's been a great experience. Like I connected with people I weren't, wasn't even familiar with in my own space, like, um, breaking banks. Yeah. I did not know there was a FinTech, uh, podcast dedicated to that, which shows you like, there's just so many possibilities and, I don't know how you do it, but when I'm doing episodes, it's kind of almost like tunnel vision. Yeah. And then when I take a break, I'm catching up on everything. I'm like, oh, that's what they've been doing? Oh, this is fantastic. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I felt like oh, I've discovered at least 20 new podcasts now. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. Podcast movies. Well, it's always, for me, uh, the, the conference is an opportunity to just connect on a one-to-one basis. And then I mm-hmm. then that sort of just solidifies for me that I want the person on the show. And I, it, I mean, I just, it's rare that I would, I will take a cold person, like a unknown person to come on the show because it's like the, the nature of the conversations is like really casual, you know, they go to about, about an hour and, and I want the listener to feel like it, you know, we're just catching up, you know, and we're just talking about whatever comes, co- comes up and, and it's hard to do that with someone you've met for the first time. I and mean, we've all heard those interviews where just like, oh, those two people just met and they don't know each other. And it sounds really awkward. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And it is a challenge because you probably get a lot of pitches and I do because they see couple money and they can be some crazy stuff. And yes, I do have other podcasters on. I might have in our niche, you might consider them bigger names or whatever. Uh, But the root for me has always been someone who basically is my listener, you know, Mm -hmm. someone who's married that wants to work not only on their finances, yes, get out of debt or, you know, retire early or start a business, whatever they want. But more importantly, they want their marriage to work better. And so you don't say yes to everybody, obviously. Um, I've had some great guests in terms of head knowledge, um, financial planners, that they know exactly what they're doing, but I've had to edit them down because they can't tell a story, they can't convey Mm -hmm. it. Um, and it makes it a lot harder. And when you're a one woman show, 
you know, and you're doing weekly when yeah. you're in, in the season, huh, crushing deadlines. So I have to be smarter about the guests I have. Uh, but then when I interview the guests that maybe aren't familiar with podcasts, one, I have to explain what that is. Yeah. <laughs> and then two, like the setup and make them comfortable. So I kind of am in that middle ground where I don't want them too polished because I don't want them to sell stuff. I, I really care about my audience. Um, I want it more to be about encouraging and educating. Mm -hmm. And I also, if they're complicated and they're trying to do some stock option special, they're not going to be a guest on my show. But I get a ton of those yeah. emails like, oh, yeah, we got this great person you'd love to have. They made a million dollars and everybody can do it. Yeah. No, that's like the fast... <laughs> Fast track to delete. You don't even get the autoresponders, just a delete. <laughs> well, you can tell the what the. It's almost like we get we get so used to seeing them that we know what the form letters look like, right? Yes, we, and I've got. Have you gotten the ones where it's not even your podcast? <laughs> I've got gotten the... like two emails in a row. One is mine. <laughs> There's a, and it's a completely different one. I'm like, that's not even the same space. They're just cutting and pasting. <laughs> yes. Do, have you had, um, I imagine in your space, there's uh, mentors or heroes or people you look up to. And, and so have you had some of those conversations? Oh, yeah, I've, there are a lot of great people in the FinCon space that, like you mentioned, we are so motivated by podcasting because one, we're podcasting fans, but two, we want to help people. Yeah. So that's in their spirit. I would say uh, Joe from Stacking Benjamins. Mm -hmm. He won the award for best business podcast. Oh, yeah. and he deserves it. He works so hard. And he does a, like a variety show. Like he, when you talk to him, this guy on the show is so carefree and fun. But there's like such a love for crafting this awesome podcast that I sit and I'm like, oh, I feel like a slacker. <laughs> um and then, like, Steve Stewart is his editor, oh, yeah. and pretty much, like, everybody's editor, Every except for mine. I need to hire him. <laughs> he seems to be, like, the, he's now, talk about niche of niches. Yes. He seems to be, like, the editor for the FinCon space, right? That's so smart. Yes. I mean, I love when I hear, like, the niche of the niche of the niche, and, and he's just carved out a space. He's like, okay, I know FinCon. I'm, I can podcast. I know how to edit. I think I can do something here. <laughs> yeah, and he's, like, an editor, but he's also had a podcast yeah. show, so he knows what to do. And when he gives you advice, he's like, I've been there. I've done that. He's been incredible. And then I would say also locally, mm -hmm. right before podcast, no, right. I was it right after now I'm getting my dates, but it was around podcast movement and it was a thread on Facebook and Jared put me in touch okay. with the local podcast group. And they've been like top notch. Everybody's been very generous um, and it just encourage you to try to be generous. And I don't consider myself an expert, yeah. but if there's any question or if there's even like social media support I can do, anybody in the group, I try to. I'm, yeah. cur I'm curious with that topic. It's such a sensitive topic. And it's one of those things like, you know, you don't talk about in public company and, and, and a lot of couples <laughs> don't talk about in private company. So I'm wondering if sometimes the nature of these conversations like open up other things and, and you go into topics that you're just like, well... You know, that, that's not where you expect it to go. And then and I wonder if it's ever been like a tricky thing to like manage, like, you know, because it could go, it could be like the thread that you pull apart the finance thread and then all this other thing, all this other stuff opens up. Like it's all connected. I've had like when I have call guests or email guests or contact them to have them on the show, I have a topic in mind. You know, I, I think I have the story 
that would serve listeners. And then we'll have a conversation and it just goes here and I, I change it, you know, what best serve. Uh, one of the earliest ones, the episode was about credit consolidation. Yeah. Like, how does that work? Because there's so many scams and a lot of couples there usually encountering it right before bankruptcy. Okay. So they're under the gun and there's so many shady people in the business. And I wanted to put that information out there to like, look for the right people, ask the right questions. And Travis came on and he had worked for the debt consolidation company, but he'd been through it. And that was one of the most profound episodes. Not only listeners enjoyed it, but I learned so much empathy. Hmm. It, It turned out he had done the finances. This is like, it really is its own episode. Uh, he had done the finances for years and the, his wife knew that they were in debt, but he was the go-to person. Um, and he kept making more money and he wasn't trying to like waste it, but in his head, he got, I'm the husband, I'm the provider. He didn't want to say no to his wife. So you fast forward a couple years, they're deep in debt. And then the recession hits. And if I think it was, Frank Dodd Act had changed. So basically the minimum payments yeah. for the credit cards went up mm-hmm. just by a little bit, but it was enough to devastate them because at that point, I want to say just the minimum credit card payments for him at that point was $2,500 a mm. month. Wow. That was just the credit cards, not mortgage, not anything else. And once that law changed, he had to come to his wife and it was, it was ridiculous. He was telling me and I'm sitting here like, <laughs> You know, and I don't do the video, and that's another yeah, reason yeah. I don't do video. Besides, that would be uh, intense. that would be intense if you did the video. <laughs> they'd, they'd be watching. <laughs> yeah, for the listeners' benefit, that I was like holding her head to her hands to her head with this astonished look on her face. But I imagine yeah. you probably get a lot of that with these conversations. I do, and and he just told his wife, he's like, "We are a hundred nine thousand dollars in debt," and I think it, that was just credit cards. Yeah. I don't think that counted the mortgage, and we're going to be bankrupt in. 10 or two weeks, 10 days or two weeks. Wow. It was something like that. And I'm sitting like, <laughs> and I'm, you know, all these thoughts go in your head and it's a really great episode to listen to, but sure. yeah, make sure uh, you send it to me after <laughs> I'm going to put it in the show notes. I, w- I will. But for me, I learned so much about empathy mm-hmm. because I typically will make the reaction. I will, you know, like, how could you do that? But then he kept continuing mm. and he was saying the pressure that he had felt and he wasn't intending to put his wife, you know, in this spot and the conversations they had and where they moved. I mean, you know, this is years later. I I actually met them once this was all said and done. And I didn't even know all that drama. Like I had met them at FinCon mm-hmm. later and we were doing a brew tour. I wouldn't have put this, you know, and they were such a loving yeah. uh, couple. Like they were di- like high school sweethearts. That's the way they looked to me. They were so adorable. Yeah. I I wouldn't have thought that, you know, and I, I would have, to be honest, would have like judged him. Like, how could you do that? How could you be so incompetent with money? Yeah. Not to be mean, but that's, you know, the headspace. And I think that's the, the gift with podcasting uh, when you interview and you have people tell their stories is that you you learn more empathy and you can see why. And I think that's served me better. Uh, let my audience be the judge of that. Where my topics now are more like I step back. Like there are certain principles and guidelines where, you know, spend less than you earn. Mm-hmm. You know, look about what you value. 
answer what your why is, but then I'll let the couples figure out for themselves where do they draw that line? Where do they cut back on their spending because it doesn't matter to them? And where does it matter that they should continue spending because it does bring a certain amount of joy or yeah. fulfills some certain need? I'm one, uh, have you ever had a situation where the husband or the wife came on and maybe said something that their spouse didn't know <laughs> and it was like discovered <laughs> discovered on the episode? I haven't. Yet, not like a, a big secret, yeah. but I've had couples kind of reveal, like my husband did, what they were really thinking. And I just recently had, uh, it hasn't aired yet, but Tony and Lisa from One Extraordinary Marriage, mm -hmm. and they're sharing their story and they're going back and they're sitting there and they're trying to piece. Like when you have a marriage and it's, I think they've been married almost 21 years. Okay. There's a lot of history. And, and so you see that banter like, wait, no, no, real. remember when you did that? No. So you have those moments yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's, it's fun to watch because a lot of times I do do interviews with people in the middle of the journey, uh, but I do a lot of interviews afterwards and you can feel when they go back to that moment, they're in that moment. Yeah. And then to hear them now and they're, they're laughing and they're having that banter or, you know, one of them's on the show. You just hear them just, oh, they're just chuckling to themselves like, oh my goodness, I couldn't believe how stupid I am. Yeah. Uh, those little moments I think are incredibly helpful. So I try to keep it in the podcast. Yeah. It's all about um, bringing out the real emotion because I think I like that when, when podcasts or episodes are not polished and there's like little quirks and mistakes and just to, just like unexpected moments because that's what real life is about and i think to the extent that the more we keep that as podcasters like in our shows i think those are the ones you, and you've probably experienced this where like the listeners like pay attention or and it's like uh i left a, a moment where the ups guy came and i, I went to the door and I was like, oh, the freaking UPS guy. And you hear me getting up. And then my <laughs> guest was on the phone. And he makes a phone call because I'm not, he, the, the conversation's on hold. So you hear him calling his friend. And it was like, a, and a couple, <laughs> couple of listeners was like, I know you want to be real, but like, did you mean to do that? And I was like, no. <laughs> it was a rapidly, like, quickly try to edit a new episode, a new uh, version of To Lips. And it was, it was funny. <laughs> and it happens. And it's kind of nice to have that peak. Yeah. And yeah. I, and you get more comfortable with yourself and, and you develop that connection with the audience that now I listen to episodes and I feel not that I was trying to be fake or in the first episodes, but I feel like I'm more comfortable in my own skin mm -hmm. to talk about stuff, not only um, with the guests and, you know, we swap marriage stories because it's like war stories. Oh, let me tell you about this. <laughs> uh, but, you know, with the listeners. So like this week, I'm going to do an episode about debt and depression because that's been something oh, that's, um, on the minds big. of a lot of people yeah. yeah, this month to build awareness. And I'm going to share, you know, I, I've talked a little bit and it's hard to write about it for me. Like certain things I think just comes across a lot easier with audio versus writing about it. So I think instead of having my usual I have a written piece in an audio, I'm just going to let the audio speak for itself. I feel like that topic is something that lends itself really well to audio because um, it's so intimate, right? The people are listening on earbuds and, you know, stories like that. They're that one I think is, is going to hit home because that's real. And it's, if that's one of those topics, depression, that everyone goes through in, in varying forms. 
Um, and when you're going through it, like the last thing you want to do is talk about it. But I think <laughs> if you can share the story, it's it's just this feeling like, oh, I'm not alone out there. Yeah, and and that's what I want to do with the the podcast is at the very least, couples know that if you guys want to, you can work it out. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be easy. I don't want it to make it like, oh yeah, it's you know, it's like a Rocky movie where bam, you <laughs> yeah. know, after fifty you know fifty five minutes, you're done. You're yeah. you're great. You know, I've had couples where they've been like a hundred and nine, and it was seven years oh, wow. to get out of debt. And the reason was they couldn't agree on how fast to pay it off. And they both had valid reasons. And I wanted to share that on the podcast. You know, those are discussions where you probably have an opinion. Of course, I had an opinion about who I thought was kind of more right. But that's not my place. That's not my marriage. Mm -hmm. And and the real point in the podcast is how do you work together and find your peace within your marriage? Yeah. Because, you know, one couple – she was into Dave Ramsey. I'm not sure if you're familiar yeah. with him. Yeah. yeah. Like he's gazelle intense. And she's like, let's do this. <laughs> and he was like, I agree. We need to get out of debt. But we have two young kids. And I don't want to take away from that. Like we're never going to get that time back. Yeah. Even if we shave a year or two off, I don't think it's worth in the context. And they found a, a happy medium that worked for them. And I think that's what it's about for my podcast is definitely don't go deeper into debt, but how do you find yourself as a couple? Like what, what's your why, what are you working towards and how do you respect each other as you're working together on this? And at the same time, and as hard as it would be in that situation, like enjoy life to the extent that you can. And there's like, you know, to his point, there's moments that aren't going to come back and, you know, do you want to penny pinch your way through your whole entire life and just feel like, you know, <laughs> well, it was nice rice and beans we had for the last, you know, 20 years. <laughs> you know, every once in a while, I think there is, I imagine there's room for some bit of splurging or, or, or mm-hmm. conscientious, you know, celebrating or something like that. Yeah. And, and I think that's what makes marriage and money so fascinating and, and doing a podcast about that because you usually have opposites to some degree that attract each other and they mm-hmm. both have valid points. And, you know, I know I, I lean towards one way that one of the questions was like, if you guys know it's going to be years before you get off, get, get out of debt, should you go on family vacations? Mm. And if so, what do they look like? Um, and I don't want to answer that in terms of this is what you should do, because I think there's enough of those voices in the personal finance space. Yeah. There's enough people who are hardcore one way or the other. And I feel like, there's not enough people showing the questions that you should be considering and thinking about and answering for yourself. And, you know, um, I've, I'm learning that, you know, through our own marriage there, it's more important to get the right question mm-hmm. instead of looking for the quick answer. It seems like the podcast, mm-hmm. um, has helped you grow. You mentioned empathy. I'm wondering if there's anything else that how, how you've changed as a person as a result of going through these 200 plus episodes. Um, uh, this is going to sound weird and ironic and counterintuitive because a lot of my day to day is writing about personal finance, mm-hmm. but I've realized I don't quite care about money in the financial terms of we want to have a million in the bank or, mm-hmm. you know, 650. I, I keep going back to what are we doing and why? Mm-hmm. And I think my husband and I are having better conversations about that. And I think that's changed. When when you're in debt, you know, when we paid off 
$35,000 of debt. Like that number is so important. Like, oh, you see it going down. Oh, you get motivated back. And then it's like, and then what? Yeah. You know, it. don't get me wrong. It is a huge relief of course. not to have our hard-earned money going towards a lender for something that we bought years ago. And it's not that great now. Um, but it's like, okay, we have enough money, you know, and we're working towards that plan. Could we like bust through it and retire even sooner? Yeah, we could, but I like exploring podcasting Mm -hmm. as a business, as an art form. I have two young kids. My husband's trying to make arrangements with work to work from home more, you know, like those things matter to us. And I think that's changed because I've listened and I've talked to people who are now on the other side and getting gotten that perspective. And I thought, you know what, this is something I do want to work towards. I want to work towards financial independence, but I'm not so, I guess, gung ho or gazelle intense Mm -hmm. as others in the industry. It's more like, yeah, I'm going to get there. We have a system, you know, and I I talk about that, like how you can set stuff up, but I want to enjoy the journey. Yeah. Yeah. Is this your background? Uh, financial did you study this in in school or no um i've always been interested in finances like my mom will tell me i was the kid who had all these odd jobs like recycling that was my thing i used to do bike stunts do not ask me if i could do really good bike stunts but i would charge for my shows bike stunts that's interesting yeah yeah I, i think it was only two weeks after learning how to ride a bike i was gonna do a show like uh bmx bikes yeah, but I didn't have a BMX. <laughs> <laughs> but I would a, see all that on TV, and yeah. I'm like, yeah, I could do that. You know, get get some, um, you know, crates, put it together. It was, uh, so I, I've been interested in that. Um, no, but I went to school for operations management okay. and supply chain management. Oh yeah, which sounds incredibly boring. No, I, uh, uh, my, but I, my, I enjoy puzzles. You enjoy what? Yeah, go ahead. puzzles and and figuring oh, yeah. things out and you know getting things done by a certain time. So that to me was entertaining <laughs> well i think um it's this there's there's probably a mind like the way your mind works you know i, I like puzzles too i used to like building models i used yeah. to be i used to be the one who when the furniture came i'd be like i'll put it together and i'd put it the, spread out the paper on the floor and i'd be like slot a goes into tab b and i'd be like and i'd enjoy doing that and they're like oh harry's gonna put together the chair we just bought you know <laughs> i yeah. just had this natural curiosity <laughs> because uh yeah it's kind of like this fascination with how things work and how things are put Mm -hmm. together yeah yeah and i I think that that carried over and i just love i guess the art podcasting as cheesy as it sounds like i used to listen to radio all the time and i was drawn towards you know the story base and npr even as a kid just to listen to it i just i also like to help i think my mom being a teacher influenced me like i'd never had an aspiration to be a teacher, mm-hmm. but I love that idea of helping others and not necessarily doing the lecture style teaching. Yeah. Um, but I, I think like story-based teaching is incredibly powerful. What is your, your family who knew you, I mean, your, your pre, when they pre podcast, you know, like they had, I guess maybe this idea of what you're going to do, what you're going to be, but now you're a podcaster, <laughs> right? So <laughs> <laughs> they didn't see that. Like they totally didn't see that. And I should say like, El Martinez is my podcasting pen name okay. because I write about marriage and money. And so I had to announce like this year, hey, by the way, I got this book coming out. I'm doing this. And by, I have a podcast. And they're like, what? 
what is going on here? My mom cracked up. Like she couldn't believe it. Cause I, yeah. I mean, I was the kid that spent much. And then she realized, I mean, through the years I had told her, Oh yeah, I'm writing about personal finance, but she realized we're dumping debt and stuff like that. And then I gave her a copy of the book and she's like, this is good. <laughs> well, this isn't good. boring. Come, oh. well, thanks, mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, thanks. Because I, I've always liked to write, but I was never in the mind space of, oh, I'm going to be an author. Yeah. So that was a surprise for her. Like, she just thought I was going to be uh, more into, like, business and technology and IT uh, growing up. Because that, that interests me at the time. And then I went to college and realized, you know what? I, it's not my cup of tea. I enjoy being around it. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, life takes you a different path. I, I do have a supply chain connection. I used to do IT consulting and my client was Unilever. Oh. <laughs> so I'm fairly, fairly familiar. I, I didn't geek out completely. Um, but yeah, I know of it. And we were providing like tech services to, to supply chain companies. So it was interesting. Nice. Yeah, I had an internship with SEBA in Virginia. Okay. It was like the best paying internship. And it turned out like they were incredible incredibly like sweet and knowledgeable people. I love that internship, even though that's not the career path I went. Uh, but that was a great opportunity. And I, I loved just that idea. Like, Hey, you know what? You're the intern, but we're still going to have you responsible for something, Okay, you know? And it was like laundry detergents, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the components of it, the powder and everything. It's like, it's kids coming from England yeah. and we have to have all the, you know, the warehouses in Canada and the West coast done, make sure everything's ordered correctly. And it, it was good. If, I'm sure someone was checking my work, <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's what my mom thought I was going to be doing. And then that journey on the side, writing about personal finance kind of took off. And uh, I've, I just fell in love with it. I think I'm more in love with uh, talking with people and helping people yeah. versus just the, the finances themselves. Did you, can you talk a little bit about what your mindset was when you, as you were getting started? Because I know for myself, I was staring at all these podcasts and all these podcasters and I didn't know a lot. And I was like, am I qualified to do this? Like, I don't know if I, I was, and obviously, you know, that, that kept me on the fence for, for longer than it probably should have. But I'm wondering... In your space, you know, there's there's from the Dave Ramsey's down, right? You know, and, and, and did you have a moment where you're wondering what you were going to be able to contribute to this space? Uh, from day one. So the funny thing is, I remember being at the very first FinCon in Chicago. And it was the whole, like, we could fit in one conference room, like really small space. And PT, who's the, the head of FinCon, he pulled in um, Cliff. He was introducing podcasting and I was asking him questions. I was curious about it because like I said, people were emailing me and then he's like, that'd be great if you and your husband be on the show and just talk it out. And I, I need my husband. He's still <laughs> like, he's a special guest on the show, but that's not his cup of tea. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, no, that's not going to be it. And I kept going, how am I going to do this? Because I didn't want this to be like a vanity thing. I did, didn't want this to be like, oh, it's just me doing a podcast because other people are doing a podcast. Yeah. But part of it, the irony was I did it because I was pregnant with our second child and I realized, you know, freelance writing and doing some other projects, I needed something I had more control over with my schedule. And I thought, you know what? Why don't I try this podcasting? So I did that when I was six or seven months pregnant. Mm -hmm. I said, let me just go all in. Mm -hmm. 
And I gave myself, looking back, an ambitious, ridiculous goal twice a week. Okay. Like, no experience, no idea how I'm going to edit how hard or do anything. I was like, yeah, because <laughs> the good, the great people make it seem so easy. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the bad thing when they when you do it so well, you're just like, oh yeah, they're just talking, aren't they? Yeah, I could do that. Yeah, yeah. And so I I did, and for the f- almost exactly to a year, I did two episodes. So it was like week forty eight. I had ninety six episodes, and I was just burned out. I was like, oh, <laughs> okay, this is the end of season one. Not that I started off saying this was a seasonal kind of show. But I announced like, and this is the end of season one. Yeah. I'm going to have to do it in batches. AKA I am out of gas. <laughs> yeah, because it, you do put a lot of yourself into it. And I don't know if you've done this, but every time I, I pick up something new and I get a flow and I'm doing great and I just save myself two hours, then the next episode, oh, I want to do this, yeah. which adds more work to it. So I got to get better on that. <laughs> do, do you think about the this from a legacy perspective because you know you've got two two daughters you said right yes and so now they there's a record of you now there's these 200 plus episodes of you know your your voice and 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 do you think about them thinking about some this being something that they could do as well i will say my six-year-old is thinking about it um by the way i think she could do a basic podcast because she knows how mommy edits and when I'm recording and everything, because they're upstairs right now and they know they have to be quiet and they mm-hmm. can only watch the DVD and everything. Um, yeah, she was, she wants to be a vet music teacher. You know, she's at the age where they have the dual career, yeah. <laughs> but then she's also like, yeah. And then I can talk about it on, on, on my episodes like you do. Wait, she wants to be a <laughs> vet, a music teacher and a podcaster. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but in her mind, they all come together. Well, I think we we live in the in a world where that those there's probably stranger combinations that have happened, and and with the technology that exists now, I mean, she could just have a lapel mic and be taking care of the dog, and while I don't know, learning about chords or something. I don't know, some weird. I, you know what? I wouldn't kids. I I wouldn't put it past her. And now I'm starting to do like video. Yeah. Oh wow. Um, with some of it, and she's like, "Oh, I want to do video." So I've been recording all these review show she's been doing about her favorite stuff mm. topics on her mind um yeah but I, I think there's so many options but i love whether or not they they follow me with podcasting or personal finance i love the idea that they can see that they have options yeah uh, with their career they want to build their career around their family or whatever they value or if they want to be nine to five like their dad they they can do what fits them and uh, that I'm really excited about if I could leave a legacy. Yeah. And then, and I think it's letting them try and, and mm-hmm. try as every, like when they, you buy your kids all the instruments and like, here's the clarinet, here's the drums, like here's the, here's the yeah. violin, here's the flute. And then they eventually gravitate towards one. Yeah. And, and you know what? And they'll take some piece of that and just blow your mind with what they do. Yeah. Of course, I did not do that. <laughs> I was in strings class. I was violin. I enjoyed it. But that is right now not in my career. <laughs> that's, it. That's, that's the next phase of your life. You, you, um, there you go. I, it's random tangent. I found a podcast about antique. Uh, it's antique flutes or something like that. It's really strange. Uh, yeah, I've been trying to Fidelio or something like it's called. She's. 
I found her podcast and I was like, I got to talk to her. I was been trying to track her down on Twitter. I can't find her. I got to look it up. But it was like, it was only specifically about like antique flutes or clarinets or something like that. Yeah. Like it was really, yeah. really super niche. I think it's called like Fidelio or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just fascinating there. Um, yeah. I'm always interested in like that in our personal um, local podcast group, there's people there where I'm like, oh, you can do a podcast on that. Have you done a podcast on that? Um ham radio okay there's one he does a video um podcast and i have no interest in ham radio but i love his show mm. yeah that's uh, what happens sometimes it's the person it's like the personality that really attracts you yeah and then there's one i did not know apparently raleigh is the mecca for um competitive shooting competitive <laughs> I did not know that. And one of the top people has a podcast. Of course. You know? And so I'm like, wow, look, you're awesome. And then this guy is a videographer and he's doing one about um, people who pretend to be other people. Like, <laughs> how did they come up with this stuff? Is that, yeah. like, is that like catfish? Like, it's would... kind of, it's it's like, uh, it's called pretend radio. Oh, okay. And like he interviewed, um, like, was it FBR CIA guy? who pretended to be someone else, but scam artists and so forth. Like, wow. how did they keep that up? What yeah. were they thinking at his, I mean, he's only done, it's been less than 20 episodes, but I'm sitting there and I'm like, this is very professional. That's And I feel like a chump. <laughs> you, <laughs> you come in, you know, yeah. he joins the group and he's like, Whew. I mean, that's, there's a lot of great shows in there. And then there's one for like health and wellness with yeah. human resources. And of course, this is IT area. So you have software. There's so many different niches and genres. And I think I was more aware that this year a podcast movement, you know, chatting, mm -hmm. sitting at the table, asking people what they do. That just like blew my mind. Um, I'm sure that they're like, you, you're, you're doing marriage and money? What? <laughs> <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So many interesting ways you can go. I, I'm, I, at this point, I'm not surprised anymore. Um, I sat in on Elsie Escobar's and, and Jessica's oh. sheep, live sheep podcast, that podcast movement. Yeah. And, uh, and they were talking about strangest, weird podcasts heard that weekend and stuff like that. So there was some weird stuff out there. <laughs> some of it not exactly family friendly. Um, I'm, I was thinking about topics and how you find stuff. And, and I, I imagine you never run out of ideas, especially with all the stuff popping up in the news. I was just curious about um, the latest news around Equifax, right? <laughs> that was it. And, and that is a blessing and a curse because I was debating what this week's episode was going to be because I do have a rough outline and I was going to swap it out, but uh, you will be having an Equifax. And that, that's a lot of current events, what's going on. Uh, unfortunately, I think that Equifax mess is going to be here for a while. Yeah. So, you know, I also, not that I have a team and I don't consider myself a reporter or researcher, but I try to do some due diligence. Mm -hmm. So for stuff like that, I want to make sure that I vet if I see any resources, make sure they're legit, what's going on, answer some questions. Because I think with the Equifax, there's so much in the air. At first it was, oh, if you sign up for this, you're going to give up your right to sue. And then it took a few days and they got they got that squared away. Yeah. And then, then it was like, wait a minute, you lost this data. I mean, th this was a data breach. Why are we paying you after the first year to watch it? Can you like <laughs> refund me? Can I use some of the other credit bureaus? So it's like, you know, yeah, I mean, it's like, did I get an Equifax alert about the Equifax breach? <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, you almost want to say, like, are you here to make money? Because I feel like this data breach just benefits you. Yeah. Did you have you <laughs> heard of we have Kennedy? Did you hear oh, about the, uh, the chatbot? No, what happened? No, oh, no. A, no, no, no. This is interesting. <laughs> this, is the, this is like uh, technology for good. So there's a guy who created a chatbot. And you just okay. fill in the chat bot and it automatically populates the forms for you to sue Equifax <gasps> for up to $15,000. I'll send you oh, it's amazing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Now that's good. I thought it was like something else. Like, <laughs> oh no, is there another hoax? Because people send me stuff and I'm like, oh yeah. gosh. If you Google okay. chat bot Equifax, it's like the number one thing. This guy's a programmer and um, he said, you know, he wants to, he's got, he's on a mission. He's like the Robin Hood of the internet. He wants to eliminate like lawyers. Because a lawyer would charge you like $1,000 just to fill out that form. Yeah. And he would just fill out all their stuff, where you live, your name, blah, blah, blah. And then the, the actual PDF prints out at the end. And then you just, I, mm. I did it. You know, I was like, yeah. well, if that's 15K in my pocket, I'll go for it. You know? Yes. <laughs> so it was, yeah, you could probably link that uh, when, you, when you talk about the episode. Yes, thank you. Yeah, I'm always looking for that. And um, I do get requests. And I think another reason um, the the podcast works so well is I try to not just like what interests me mm-hmm. or what we're going through, uh, but users will email me or I'll see patterns in the questions that they're asking that, hey, mm-hmm. this is on someone's mind. Yeah. So Very cool. that, like you say, there's always a well to pull up from. Yeah. No, no shortage <laughs> of topics in yeah. finance and personal finance. Exactly. So a couple other questions as we head into the home stretch. Uh, what's something sure. you've uh, changed your mind about recently? Uh, let's see. Um, my goodness, I feel like lack of sleep has helped. Um, <laughs> I I think as as a parent, I I know that, that there's this tendency like, oh, you got to st- stick on top of it and um, worry about every little thing. I think that's, changed recently where you know what she's going to make mistakes kids are being kids mm-hmm. um that's been something um i'm curious to learn more about certain topics okay. like one thing for fincon um uh, we're doing certain uh certain topics with like healthcare, basic income and um i'm always looking forward to stuff like that because i i feel comfortable saying i don't know enough to quite like Cameron, like this is how I feel about this. Yeah. Um, try to stay curious. Try to stay informed. You know, up to a certain point. It seems like you. I get the sense that you are open to have your mind changed if if someone presents a compelling argument. I think so, and I think I've been alive long enough <laughs> in the podcast in, in the podcast itself, yeah. where I don't want to say there's an exception to every rule, but then you know there are guidelines. Yeah. And there, there are ways where I think we get so hung up on, you know, like all debt is evil for some people. Um, and others are like, hey, you know, just milk the system. I definitely feel like debt can be is a burden for most. Yeah. You know, but then I realize, OK, there are times like a mortgage. Yeah. You know, that's a debt. Um, so I think I'm less inclined, to, which probably makes me goes against all those like expert secrets and like tips to be uh, a popular uh, person in your celebrity, you know, niche, because I, I don't have like one of those hardcore rules. I'm more of a person like I want to listen to the sides and I want to ask questions and then I'm going to take away and I need time to process. So that's kind of my thing. And I think that's what drew me to the podcast is, you know, audio gives you time to kind of listen to the episode and mm-hmm. think about the episode and not feel like you're forced to, okay, you know, how do you feel about this? Yeah. Is this your new, your new mental shift? No, I've gotten nudged this way. 
but I'm going to listen to another episode and see how I feel about it. Especially when you start podcasting that long, you've probably said things that you've changed your mind about and on the show, on the show itself and just had a different opinion on. Yeah. Like the, the whole joint versus separate. Okay. And I, I feel like, yes, there, there are certain, um, couples that make it harder for themselves when they keep everything separate. But I think instead of jumping in on that, asking them, um, you know, why do they have it? Cause they could have a very good reason. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people, this is second marriage, third marriage, whatever the situation is, or they came from a previous marriage that was abusive or they have issues that they, they love their new spouse, you know, their husband and wife, but they're not at that point yet. Mm. And they want to work to it. So jumping in on that, I, I feel again, like I've become more sympathetic and empathetic to hearing other people's take on it that I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm wishy-washy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it makes sense. But no, I you're feel t- like, yeah. you know, life, you, you yeah. find that balance. And I, I think I'm more interested in asking questions and figuring out why they do what they do. Yeah. What's uh, the one most misunderstood thing about you? Um, that being frugal means cheap. Mm. Like my friends, I was like, oh, I got this great deal. Okay. So the problem is... <laughs> I, I love a great deal. Like, um, I'm not sure if you heard Thread Up, but basically it's like an online consignment store. Okay. And they have really nice things. And my friends know, you know, I love a good drift shop find and so forth. But that doesn't mean I take everything from the drift shop. You know, I'm really picky. I'm trying to look for like high quality stuff at a good price. Um, video games. Mm-hmm. Like, I love video games. Uh, what? And people are like, how could you do that? That's such a waste. I'm like, no, I enjoy a good game. I'm an RPG girl, okay. you know, up until the last 10 minutes of Mass Effect, you know, all those, you know, months I devoted to play that game and everything. I was like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> we won't talk about the last 10 minutes. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really big on value-based spending. And I feel like when you say you're frugal, people are thinking you're against spending at all. At all. And I'm like, but money's a tool. Yeah. You know, it can help you and hopefully help others. I, I do think there should be more giving and people should make it a regular part of the budget. And that's what, you know, that's what we're thinking about this year and being more generous. This is so interesting. Like sometimes you see these Venn diagrams of the different overlapping interests. And I immediately thought of like Danny Pena and Gamertag Radio. I'm like, oh, you should, I don't know if you've talked to him or <laughs> you could probably geek out on, on gaming for a little bit there. I know. Maybe, maybe uh, I can talk to him about marriage and money. No. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to make that happen so cuz I've spoken to both of you now so I think uh, Oh, no, that would be great. Now, I actually um last year for 6 months straight I had this idea. I was like I told my husband Rob, I said we should do a game design podcast. But I'm like, listen, listen, not the current games. Mm-hmm. We go back to the old games and why we love them and that we keep coming back to because um we got the Raspberry Pi, but my husband still has his Nintendo and yeah. Super NES. And we promised ourselves, we're like, no, these kids are going to appreciate old school games. <laughs> so we're having our six-year-old go through this, and she is in tears with Mega Man. This is so hard! You know, she's <laughs> she's playing Super Mario, and she's falling off the cliff. And we're, we're sitting That's here great. like, this is the frustration. This is good. You, yeah. We want you to, like, appreciate this stuff. And then we have their, their older friends in there. Like, what is this? I can't tell what it is. And she goes, <laughs> "It's a tree. Why is it square?" You know, Why is like it all, you guys are. 
<laughs> well, there's a whole there's a whole uh, pixel like eight bit like move like thing like there's like eight bit games and like super pixelated stuff like that's a that's a, a thing or a trend now so yeah and i, I just stuff like that i i would love to i told my husband like if everyone to start a podcast we should do that podcast um not that i don't enjoy talking about money and marriage but there's other things outside of that no but that, i mean I, every single <laughs> podcaster has their like list of like podcast to start i mean i don't know any podcaster that's not just thinking up like another two or three like uh and then they think about what's involved in doing a podcast i'm like oh, okay never mind i'll, I'll put that on like, the in. <laughs> but then you're like but i could have an excuse to study all those games because yes. i actually pitched that to radiotopia last year oh really nice yeah i finally committed i'm like we can at least try you know don't be you know don't be a quarter we can at least say we we pitched it of so course. Didn't get accepted, no. but what, uh, ear hustle is good. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. It's good. <laughs> well, El, thank, thanks. <laughs> I want to thank you for uh, finally making it onto the show. Oh, thank you. I, I think, appreciate it. Yeah, I think it's a, uh, you know, it's nice to like know of each other and then like have you know s- small chats and then I think, but I, I just love the idea of like uh, having the the hour long conversation. I learned a lot about your. I didn't know you were into bike stunts and. <laughs> and puzzles and uh and super mario brothers uh so that's really cool <laughs> yeah yeah i you know have other interests besides yeah. well it's <laughs> interesting and it's well it's, it's nice for yeah. podcasters to hear that because you know they think like oh they're just talking about that on the show but it's like sort of like we we have layers we have complexity yes. and we have other interests and i think that's what makes this whole um at least our group of podcasting friends and you know i think that's what makes them all so interesting yeah, and, and I appreciate you having the show. You, you're a great interviewer Thank because uh, it's it's a hard skill. Yeah. <laughs> I've learned I, the hard way. It's a hard <laughs> skill to pull people out of their shell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just try to, <laughs> like, I try to get better every day. I watch, you know, Charlie Rose and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Terry Gross and, you know, just even Larry King and just, like, everything. I'm just, like, I'm a student of the of the craft of, like, interviewing. And it's like, oh, Tim Ferriss, you know, Alec Baldwin has a great one. So it's just... I keep listening, keep listening, and I, every once in a while, I'm like, oh, that's a good question, or that, oh, I see what he did there. So, yeah, eternal student, if you will. Yes, yes. So, uh, what's the best place for folks to track you down? I think the best place would be couplemoney.com. I try to keep it simple. I'm one of those, you know, everything at that one spot. Got the the podcast. You can get the episodes, articles. If you're a video person, you get to deal with me on YouTube. <laughs> And if you want a book, we have a book too. <laughs> so a couple money podcast. Um, and that that's the link to all your other social media stuff as well. Yes. Everything's on couple money. Um, yep. Keep it simple. Facebook, Twitter. I say hi. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for taking the time and, uh, I'm, I'm happy to, to stay connected with you. Thank you so much. I hope you have a great day. So happy to finally get Elle on the show. She's it's really so much fun for me. It's really so much fun as a podcaster when I know someone in passing, and then I know that because I established an initial great connection with them, that I'm going to get to know them more. So as much as you're enjoying these conversations and getting these nuggets of wisdom from these fantastic people that I'm having on the show, I'm really getting benefit of, from it as well. And this is for you as a podcaster to be thinking about all the time. This opportunity that you have as a host to have guests on, always treat that relationship like gold. I've said it many, many times. It, it happens in your initial meetings with the person, whether it's at a conference or at a, uh, a meetup or at a training. 
And then it continues into the engagement you have with how you connect with them after that conference. And then your relationship, if you see them again, a second or a third time. And then when you finally invite them on your show and, and the lead up to the show and how easy it was for them to sign up and how you collect the information that you're going to use from them to promote the show and what they're working on. And just this whole process. And this is the, some of the stuff I talk about with my clients. But I want you to keep this in mind, too, as a podcaster, if you're having guests on your show Remember, like, always look at every single part of the engagement and make sure that you're adding value at every step in the chain. And you'll just get so much benefit out of it that it'll build relationships that are going to last a lifetime. And I, I'm, I'm a testament to that. There's, I have relationships with my first guest, Chase Reeves. Um, if you heard episode 100, you'll, you'll, you'll know what a fun time we had there. And that's something, a friendship that I'll have for a long time, hopefully forever. And that, that's just one of, dozens if you know if not more friends that i've met through the podcast because i've decided to make this a long-term investment for me we are a member of podcastica head on over to podcastica.com to see our full list of shows intro and outro music created by the wonderful cedar and soil you can check out his music at cedarsoil.com thanks again to podbeam as always for being a sponsor of the show podbean.com slash podcast junkies if you've already downloaded our pdf then the call to action number two would be to write a review. If you are new to the show and you're getting value from it, as you might imagine, uh, reviews are a really fantastic way to show support. If you've heard this request four or five or six times and you still haven't written it, then this is your signal to get up off your butt and do that. Uh, as a podcaster myself, I tend to go out of my way when I can to write one or two um, because I know that's important. And as a podcaster, I'd love for people to do that for my show. And so I have to return the favor in kind. If you've written the review or you already have um, downloaded the PDF, which is found at podcastjunkies.com slash eight tools, and that can be the number eight or uh, the, the spelled out the word eight, eight tools, um, that's going to be the PDF that shows you all the tools that we're using right now and that I've used to help launch my show, which will come in handy if you're a new podcaster as well. So you've made it this far, which means that you want the retention hashtag in your pockets. So we're going to make it L money. That's E-L-L-E-M-O-N-E-Y, hashtag L money. And you can tag myself at podcast underscore junkies. And you can tag, there's a couple here for L. You can tag couple money. If you want to just tag that, that's the podcast. Couple money, one word, uh, at couple money. And L has her own personal Twitter handle at L-E-L-L-E underscore C-M, C as in Charlie, M as in money. <laughs> So uh, thank you so much for everything you do to support the show. Uh, without you, I don't know what I would be doing. Maybe um, fishing or DJing or flying a kite or if you have a suggestion of something, another hobby that I can do if I wasn't podcasting, I'd love to hear you <laughs> recommend it. So this is the part where I ramble within this show. And if you made it this far, I wonder if I should do another retention, retention hashtag. Never mind. Thank you. Have a fantastic day. High five.